Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. My name is Kyle Loomis. We're here to talk about Auburn men's basketball again. And ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pride and pleasure to say for the first time since 2003, your Auburn Tigers men's basketball team is going to the Sweet 16. You heard me right. The Auburn men's basketball team is going, dancing further into the Sweet 16. We're going to break down all the action from the first two games of the 2019 NCAA tournament for the Tigers and a little bit of speculation beyond. To do that, I brought in my friend, my co-host, and owner, operator of the Auburn Uniform Database, Mr. Clint Richardson. How sweet it is, buddy. Oh my gosh, what a weekend this was. I, gosh, Kyle, I love March. I love this time of year. <laughs> How much do you love March? When you've got March Madness, the best weekend, the first weekend of March Madness is the best in any sporting event ever. And then you've got the Masters and everything else that comes with this month is just perfect. Now, hold on, hold on. We're, if, we're not going to talk every... about... We're not going to talk about that little white ball that goes in the cup in the middle of the green field. Oh, We're not going to talk about that. That You can leave that over here. This is basketball talk. We talk orange ball, rim 10 feet off the ground, pine wood. That's all we're talking about. We're talking about this time of the month right now, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> this time of the year. And you give me college baseball, college softball, college basketball tournament time, the Masters, like – I, I want a TV glued to my face at this time of year. It's the perfect. If every month was like this, it would be amazing. Well, I will uh, disagree with you a little bit about the rest of this. I mean, I you know obviously like college baseball and college softball and all that stuff, but the little green field with the white ball, that can sit over there to the side. Unless it's got Auburn with it, that then I can get on board with it. However, I will agree with you that this is the most exciting and fun event slash weekend in athletics across the entire spectrum of it all because of the fact that it is March Madness. I mean, I will say that this tournament so far has shaped out to be not super um, upset worthy. There's been a couple of big ones, but you know, we've had a lot more years where there's just been a lot more craziness. However, it has not been any shortage of fun. And I warned Jessica this weekend when I came home from work and said, you see that recliner over there? I'm pulling it in front of the TV and I am not leaving that as much as possible and watching every bit of basketball that I can this weekend. And by golly, I have. It has been one blast of a weekend. And to top it all off, my team's in it. And not only does my team just get out of the first round, they annihilate a team in the second round. 
and they're going to the Sweet 16. So let's talk about both games in perspective, but just maybe take a little bit of broad perspective first about the significance of this, Clint. There's a lot of history behind Auburn and the Sweet 16. Well, not a lot, but some special history about Auburn and the Sweet 16 going forward. So yeah, Auburn has had somewhat of a decent history with the Sweet 16. Um you know, making it a couple of times, only winning in this round of the tournament just once. But Auburn first played in 1985 against North Carolina. Our upcoming foe played again in 86, defeating UNLV for a huge win. Uh, 1999, the amazing team that that team was, uh, fell in Knoxville to Ohio State. And then the last time we made it, it was 2003, another fantastic Auburn basketball team, and probably one of the best games that Auburn basketball has ever been a part of, right. losing by one point to Carmelo Anthony, Syracuse, Orange, and you know you know how that one ended. Syracuse yeah. ended up winning the whole tournament. So if you're going to lose, at least you lost to the eventual winner of it all. Yes, that's one way to look at this, and I remember vividly, because I was visiting Atlanta at the time during that tournament in 2003 and watching that game, which Auburn played lights out for the majority of it and and took the eventual national champions down to the wire. Now, it's a one-point loss, but you have to remember how they got to that one-point loss. That that last shot was like a three-pointer with like .0 seconds left on the clock, and there was no chance Auburn had another chance for an opportun- uh, opportunity to score a bucket. Um, so it would have, it, in reality, it was a four-point differential just by, you know, the reality of it. But nonetheless, it doesn't take anything away from that team, the significance, because it's been few and far between that Auburn has made it beyond the first or second round. And to be honest, they don't make it past the second round that often. Now, on the contrast, it's pretty cool stat when you think about that Auburn is completely perfect in the first round. There's not a lot of teams in college basketball that can say that. Well, that has to be clarified. Auburn is perfect in the round of 64. True. Auburn lost in 1984 in their first NCAA tournament to the 12th seed Richmond. Uh, but that was before the tournament field expanded to 64 teams like we see today. So, you know, it's a little asterisk on that uh, stat. But, you know, yeah, Auburn is, I think, 9-0 and since then in round of 64 games. And Auburn has a 15-9 and record overall in the NCAA tournament so far. And, you know, for it's not really the best record in the world, especially when you go up against like Kansas who has made like 45 appearances in the tournament. <laughs> but you know, with the way that Auburn basketball has historically been and has been recently, I think that that's a very respectable number. It is. And especially with, you know, not as broad of a history as you've already pointed out. I think that's a number that you can be proud of considering the body of work that Auburn has to show for it. And let's be honest here. When you look at some of the teams that Auburn has had to come up against, they haven't had some of these nice, easy roads to the Sweet 16 like some other teams I'm you know, thinking of. But they have had to go through the Kansases, the UNCs, the Syracuse in the Sweet 16. They have just... they. Just like this year, they have not been in very favorable draws at all. And as we're about to talk about, we found out that we thought we had the worst draw possible in the tournament, and it proved to be true in the first game. Yeah, um, I mean, that that first game is always the hardest to win. And Bruce really preached that to his team. And, 
Yeah, history is not on your side as the five seed and the five twelve matchup. In fact, Auburn was the only five seed to win a round one game. So, you know, New Mexico State really brought their best shot, and you know, it's what you would expect. It's a tournament miracles happen at this time of the year, and you know, they were incredibly close to having their own miracle. Well, so New Mexico State ended up losing to our Auburn Tigers. 77 to 78 in a wild finish, which we'll talk about in just a second. Now, the first question I want to ask to you, Clint, we speculated about this in our last show. Do you think that New Mexico State, after you've now seen their performance, were they poorly seated by the tournament committee? And do you think they should have been a little bit higher? I think so. Yeah. I mean, again, they're a 30 win conference champion and it's you don't just win 30 games by just fielding a team. I mean, that's just not how this works. We've seen that plenty of times in Auburn. It's hard to win 30 games a year. I mean, even this Auburn team is two wins shy of that number. Um, no no Auburn team has ever won 30 games in a season. So I think that alone is a little bit more deserving than a 12 seed. Um, but they they played incredible. And, you know, just at this point, I'm just thankful that my heart is still beating and that Auburn got out of that one. <laughs> I thought immediately to you as I was following the game at work, and that's the most frustrating thing about this game, is not only did we get the, the not the draw we wanted, not the region we wanted, we had to face New Mexico State, which is just you know the, one of the worst possible scenarios for us personally, but it's at the worst, one of the worst possible times. It's not even at a lunch hour where you can maybe catch the first half. That was the frustrating. It was like, literally, I'm going to get off lunch and the game's going to start couldn't even change my lunch around so you know you're kind of over in the corner like trying to catch glimpses you know you hear people where I work talking about March Madness and what's going on and you hear whispers of oh man Auburn's got a game on their hands and so you start wondering oh boy is this gonna really happen are we gonna fall short after being the SEC champions and again credit goes to New Mexico State they came out ready to pull off the upset and just about do it, but they made just a few more mistakes, and there were a lot of mistakes in this game for both teams, made just a few more mistakes than us. And if it wasn't for a couple of heroic players from Auburn, this might have been a different story, and we would be very sad on this call tonight. And I think one of those we'd love to talk about is Javon McCormick. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I got lucky, and my boss is an Auburn fan, married into the Auburn family, and... um so we actually took the rest of the day off and went to a local sports bar with his wife and, and her company, who is pretty heavily Auburn graduates. So fortunately, I didn't get to focus on the game as much as I like to, or let alone hear any of the commentary. But I mean, it's it's kind of interesting to, it's one thing to pace around your living room, it's <laughs> another to pace around a sports bar. <laughs> Yeah, it's another thing where you can actually jump up and exclaim in the middle of your living room, but when you're in your office and for some reason you just start jumping up and down and cheering because you realize what just happened and people start looking at you oddly, then you know, that's a whole different scenario there. So that may or may not have happened to me. Luckily, I did have another Auburn fan with me at the time, so there was a, a slight celebration together, but it was a very subdued from what it should have been in this game. So with New Mexico State, this was one of the teams in the tournament that was best set up to compete well with Auburn. And the big reason for that is 
is they are a full 13-man rotation. You talk about the platoon system that Kentucky had a couple of seasons ago. They've got that and then some here. A platoon would mean you have five and five, 13 players see playing time and contribute on the floor. Auburn's got a little bit of that case too, just not as many. 13 players, that's a hard thing to game plan for. Normally you just say, hey, there's Zion Williamson, you got to stop him. Hey, there's Taco Fall, you got to find a way to jump over that behemoth of a man. This game, you've got to prepare for all 13 players, and I don't envy Coach Pearl for trying to put a game plan together for that. Yeah, and I don't know what actually happened in this game, but uh, New Mexico State only used 10 players. Um, Auburn also countered with 10 of their own guys, and Everybody saw good playing time. I know we talked a lot about Daniel Purifoy not getting a whole lot of playing time this year. He had 11 minutes, uh, as did Austin Wiley, who's still coming off of an injury. But, you know, New Mexico State, again, had everybody get really good time. They had one starter who only played for 10 minutes, and then another guy only played for eight. But then they've got guys coming off the bench uh, who are playing 20 and 30 minutes, and that's just insane. But, yeah, that's such a hard thing for a coach to have to prepare for. You've got 13 potential different guys to plan for, 13 talents and 13 different styles of play and mentalities and and all that kind of stuff that goes into scouting. And I mean, that's, that is not an easy thing to do. Um, and plus, you know, Auburn loves to play up tempo. And with that style of play, you're planning to wear them out. But when you've got guys who can come off the bench fresh and when you can get some rest on your legs, it's really hard to wear somebody down like that. And one of the funny things that we've been talking about, especially this latter part of the season, but in some perspectives throughout the season, is the you know moments where we find coaches just flabbergasted at what we're doing to them with our pace of play. That almost happened to us. We had our own game thrown in our face. They were knocking down threes. Their guards were having excellent play. They could rotate people in and be fresh, just like you said. This was like Auburn looked in a mirror at someone and said, okay, you found a way to beat some you know, traditional powers. We're going to do the same thing to you. And by golly, it, it was almost a scary time at the end. And speaking of the end, let's talk about that end, Clint. And I know you said you were in a sports bar with no sound, trying to figure out exactly what was happening. And I'm sure you've seen and, and t- heard it discussed exactly what was commentated on at the end as, as well as I have. But briefly if you can explain that last from that three-point foul on what exactly happens for people that were a little bit confused about it uh i don't know if i'm the best to explain it like that but um what i remember was um one of the new mexico state players i think it was uh and queen uh popped a three-pointer with just a few seconds left on the clock and I don't know why, but Bryce Brown fouled him, and he missed the shot pretty badly. So it wasn't a very good foul, and you could just see on the TV Bryce's stomach sink. His heart was beating in his stomach, and he was just sick with how the the way that this game very easily could have turned out. Um, Missed the first free throw, made the second one, and missed the third one, right? Right. And, man, this is... This is when things get crazy because Samir Daddy just whiffed on a rebound and knocked it back out of bounds. Mm. So there's what 1.8 seconds left, and at this point, I'm 
it's not a very big sports bar, and I think I've already paced around the entire place four times uh, during the, the the review to figure out how much time was left. And, you know, they had such a good play, uh, such a good inbounds play from underneath the basket called. Um, guy kicked out onto the wing and was pretty much wide open. I think Austin Wiley had to come out and guard him at the very last second. And thankfully, he was better than Bryson did not foul a three-point shooter. Um, but I really don't know how they completely airballed that final shot. You and I were talking about it just before we started recording of how do you not hit anything? Like you should hit iron, you should hit a backboard, but you can't miss it three feet to the right of the goal. Coming from and, a, sh- a shooter's perspective here, um, you know, you have a usually good internal clock even with that small of t- amount of time to work. And my only thought process is, is he thought the inbound play took a little bit longer than he thought. Think Even though the clock didn't start till the ball's in his hands. And I think he just ha- thought he had to turn around and fire up the best shot possible. He really did have another millisecond to set himself and take a more formed shot. And had he done that as open as he was, you're talking about a New Mexico State win at that point, I believe. Because you're right, Austin Wiley, Austin Wiley has to run out there. Thankfully, as you said, doesn't run him over and then send to the free throw line again. And we're doing this all over again. Uh, but I, and the only reason I think he didn't foul him is because he had to come so far out. You know, That's the only reason he didn't get there and foul him. Um, so yes, why you don't draw at least backboard iron, back iron something, I don't understand. I just, if, trying to put myself in the New Mexico State player's shoes, I think it's in really just a internal clock thing. He was just a little bit off on his timing there. But thankfully, it ends up in our favor, and Clint Richardson is not on the floor passed out in a sports bar. <laughs> no, but I am having a heart attack in a sports bar, just like I did in Oklahoma City a couple of years ago. That gift will forever live in infamy, Clint. And it's oh, just, it's amazing. It's eternal now. Like it, it's part hey, of- you, you know if you go onto your Twitter app and go into the native gif, uh, browser, right? And you just simply type in Auburn, you will find me. <laughs> you are now part of Auburn Twitter lore, no matter what you do from now on, Clint. And hey, I love if that, and... you know what? Put that GIF on my tombstone, please. <laughs> Technology be... will be at that point, and at hopefully when that comes around, we'll put that as part of a you know whenever Auburn and ESPN team up for one of their you know always a fan commercials like they did for Alabama, you will be part of it. It'll be on, he'll always be remembered and we'll just show the gift on your tombstone in, in <laughs> virtual reality or something. I don't know. Uh, anyway, so thankfully this game does end for Auburn. You got to wonder what was going through Bryce Brown's head. You got to wonder what was going through Samir's head, not getting a good hold of the ball and hang and not letting it go out of bounds. Even on the inbound play, there was so much happening and you got to think about the emotions that's going through the Tigers head at that point where SEC champions, we can't let this happen and everything, nothing's going right for us, but thankfully it does work out and Auburn goes on to the next round here. And boy, was it a difference of night and day? You know, that song, what a difference a day makes it completely true here. You're going in to play one of the perennial powers in college basketball, a team that is synonymous with Final Fours, with national championships. And you think of names like Roy Williams and now Bill Self there, and you know names like Chalmers from, I forget which year it is, that you, that you can just start listing names from a, a power like this. Auburn versus Kansas 
and you think, how is Auburn, as the underdog, the five seed versus the four, going to go up what looks against a very strong and powerful Kansas team and try to get this win out? And I think if you asked a lot of Auburn fans on the surface, they were saying, yeah, it looks like, based on our performance in the New Mexico State game, we're probably going to go home. But there was this little feeling there that t- that night was Auburn's, and boy, did they show it. Oh, man, it Going into this game, I I didn't feel great. It felt like we had nothing to lose and just go out there and play a good game of basketball, and I would have been perfectly fine with that. I did predict Auburn to win the game in our bracket challenge. This Kansas team isn't what they've been in the past. I mean, they they made a the Final Four last year. They've been the number one seed three of the previous years. I mean, this is a this is the program that started basketball for one and has just always been an amazing uh, school at basketball. I mean, this is the top of the top program. And when you when you pit Auburn and Kansas in basketball, it doesn't it doesn't bode well on paper for the Auburn Tigers. Now, if we go into the gridiron and football, it's a completely different story. But Auburn is now 2-0 and against Kansas in basketball and in football. Mm. And they both come in tournament play. Um, you know, like we talked earlier, in 1986, uh, Auburn defeated Kansas uh, to move on to face UNC. I-, I cannot believe what we saw last night, that Auburn was able to just jump out to the start that they did and was just on fire entirely was able to lead at halftime 51 to 25. Like that might've been the best half of basketball we've ever seen from an Auburn basketball team. You know, I always ask you, is this a complete game? And we finally said definitively yes in that uh, SEC championship game against Tennessee. I think there was no question that this was a complete half for Auburn. And I would say for the most part, the game as a whole could probably fall into that category too, because they end up winning 89 to 75. Now, as we've said, that score is not indicative of the route that Auburn put on Kansas. And, you know, it's just so nice to look over at a coach like Bill Self, who you have the utmost respect for in the type of program that he has over there, and even even in a down year for them. And you just look over there, you see him put his hands, or his head in his hands on the sideline, and just look and see, what am I supposed to do with this? I mean, this is nothing that we could have prepared for. This team is on a mission, and I have no clue what to do. That was the best moment of the entire thing for me was when they just scanned in on Bill (laughs) Self's face on the sideline, and he's just dumbfounded. Oh, it was great. I mean, this is, again, this wasn't a game or a team that Auburn was supposed to beat. Just by program prestige, Auburn should never beat this Kansas team. And this team was just so ready. I mean, unfinished business was on point at this game and on full display of we're not getting embarrassed again. We got embarrassed by Clemson last year in the round of 32. We almost got embarrassed in the first round against New Mexico State because we choked away the lead late in the game. It shouldn't have even been close at all. And now we're up against a team that, I mean, let's be honest, you have no right to beat. And you do it. And you do it handily. Like, I thought, I fully imagined going into this game that it would be a 
game decided in the last two minutes at best. I never expected to see the routing that we saw. I mean, if this game would have finished a little bit differently, you would have seen Kansas's first 20 plus point loss in the NCAA tournament ever. And to be able to do that on such a historic and prominent program like Kansas would have been amazing. Well, and here's the the cool thing too about this scenario. You know, I think there was about two little under two minutes left in the game. And yes, at that point, it's still a double digit lead beyond 15 points for Kansas. There's really honestly no way that they're going to pull off a victory over Auburn at that point. And you see Bill Self call his guys off and concede the win. And I, I think that's the biggest honor that you can bestow upon those players, that staff and coach Pearl by a coach of that caliber and a program of that caliber is to call the dogs off and say, good job. You have destroyed us and we don't know what to do. And it's not out of disrespect either. You know, it's, it's it simply is we had no answer for you tonight and you are the victor. And I, that was the, you know, the funniest moment was him being dumbfounded, but the most proud moment was when I realized that Bill self said, it's over. You have won the game. Well done. And I, that is one of those moments that I'll always hold in my heart that Auburn just made someone of that caliber look so silly, but at the same time, they performed so well. And you look across the board here, some great performances. You know, Bryce Brown has probably one of his best games ever 25, just could not miss. Jared Harper, 18. Chumo Kiki, 12. Anthony Macklemore, I think he's the hidden one there. 11 points without him knocking down a couple of threes or at least, uh, two threes in this game. You know, I think that changed it up a little bit for Kansas where they just weren't ready for a big man of his size to shoot threes. No, no. I mean, you know, they talked about it in the SEC tournament, how uh, one of the commentators said, I, I swear Anthony McElmore shoots the first shot of every single game from beyond the arc. And, I mean, that's probably kind of the game plan because if you see number 24 drain one, then that's just such a demoralizing thing to watch as an opponent and you know that you also had to work you had to guard against him and when you've got jared harper bryce brown chuma okiki and anthony mclemore that's your starting four and then you've got malik dunbar who can also shoot the three ball pretty well and hasn't really lately but he doesn't need to he's not going to light up the scoreboard like those other guys are and i mean when you've got anthony out there being able to do that as well just adds another weapon to Bruce Pearl's arsenal that makes it really tough to defend against. And listen to some of these beautiful numbers from the game for Auburn offensively. 52.5% from the field. Three, or excuse me, 43.3% from three-point line. 80% from the free throw line. That is an excellent night offensively for Auburn. And you take it a step even further here and you look at some of these other numbers, you know, Kansas wins the battle in the paint, 32 to 38. Turnovers though, Auburn does exactly what they've been doing this last half of the season, 20 points off of turnovers, seven second chance points. And how beautiful is this, Clint? 34 fast break points. That was the breaking point for Kansas is when they could not stop Auburn's fast break. I mean, you know, they talk about the Big 12 in football, how they don't play defense. And, you know, you'll see 65 to 55 final scores in a football game. And watching Auburn just run around, run circles around five-star talent at Kansas just makes you think of that joke and that they don't see that speed in the Big 12. Big 12 is a basketball powerhouse. 
and Kansas, also a basketball powerhouse, had no answer for the Auburn Tigers last night. And it was a beautiful sight to see. Auburn wins 89-75 to to secure their spot for the fifth time in program history into the Sweet 16, which means now we have to discuss a doozy of a game. And this one's going to be in Kansas City. Now, we don't have, we have a date. Friday the 29th is when the game will be. No official time for the game to start or TV station to watch it on, unless you've got some money and can go out to the game, which if you do, hey, call me. Um, I would love to go out to Sweet 16. But that being said, Auburn has to take on the North Carolina Tar Heels. And it's like, Clint, you literally take one name synonymous with college basketball. Oh, here's another one. Why don't you go try to take this one on too and see what you can do with it, Auburn. I just Auburn can't catch a break. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the NCAA tournament. You shouldn't be catching a break. True. I mean, I would have been all for Washington defeating North Carolina and having a rematch against the Huskies and but, you know, this is this is North Carolina. If Kansas wasn't good enough for you, here's the Tar Heels. You know, here's a program that has won multiple titles. Here's Michael Jordan. Here's the program that if you want to be in the top names list as a program, you have to contend with North Carolina. And, I mean, they are so talented year in and year out. Coach Williams has done such a fantastic job out there. And, I mean, this is going to be an incredibly difficult match for Auburn. History is not on your side. Prestige and the paper matchup are not on your side, but it wasn't last time either. When you say history is not on our side, Auburn is 0-4 against UNC. Now, some interesting history that Clint dug up about the the history of this series. It's not as recent as you think it is. Why don't you share a little bit of that about that, Clint? Yeah, um, so Auburn and North Carolina have met four times previously. The last time is 1985 in the Sweet 16 in Birmingham. The Tar Heels won 62-56. to Before that, it was 1932 that the teams had faced off against each other previously. Um, between, what did I tell you earlier, 1924 yeah. and 1932, Auburn and North Carolina played three times in Atlanta in what was then the Southern Conference Tournament. These two teams were conference foes in basketball at the very least, and North Carolina was able to get those three wins. So it's been a very long time since these two teams have faced off against each other. They're not playing in Atlanta, and they're not playing in Birmingham. So while the records aren't pretty, now that we're in Kansas City... (laughs) We're we're not in the South anymore, Kyle. <laughs> we are not. Uh, you know, that's some pretty deep history that you kind of think back on there. And it's not a good one. It's one we'd like to change in this tournament, and that's a tall task to order uh, for any Auburn team, even this one that just appears to be, you know, there, there was a lot of people, commentators, talking heads that were saying, was this Auburn team for real or not after the New, Me- New Mexico State game? It's funny watching them completely change their story. And in a number of articles I saw that, hey, beware of Auburn. Look out for Auburn. They are the hottest team in college basketball right now. And I would completely agree with that because there's not a team out there that you look at and you say because of prestige, because of maybe the struggles they had at the beginning of the, or the middle of the season, that they should be out there and go toe-to-toe with anybody. 
and Auburn just finds a way to do it night in and night out, at least in the back half of the season here. Now, I will say, this isn't a Kansas team that had, you know, not the best year by their standards. I would say, and I don't know if you agree with this, Clint, that this North Carolina team is probably the second best slash tied for first best team in the tournament with Duke. I, I would think so. I mean, they're tied for, or they're ranked third in the in the country. Um, this is going to be the toughest fight that Auburn basketball has probably ever had. I mean, and even going back to the last Sweet 16 appearance when you had to face the eventual national champions, you know, from name prestige to talent to the type of schedule that this team has played week in and week out in the ACC, you know, this is this is going to be tough. I mean, what what worries me right now is that we saw Auburn shoot the ball lights out in Salt Lake City in game two. They didn't shoot very well in game one. And we know how Auburn's road woes have been this season. So this will be the first game in a new arena again. So I hope that Auburn can get out there a little bit earlier and get a little bit more practice in that arena and try to get those sight lines down and, and just feel more comfortable. I don't know if that's what it was or what, but you know, I, I, I want to see Auburn just shoot better in, in a road arena, you know, and I think that that's what it's going to have to take. Well, and here's the thing too, to think about with North Carolina, this is a team that can run and keep up with the pace of play that Auburn wants to play at. Similar to New Mexico State, the difference is is they've got a little bit of size too. Now we're not talking Taco Fall size, you know. Nobody's got that except UCF. <laughs> we're not even talking about the girth of Zion Williamson. We're just talking about some solid, you know, six foot eight, six foot maybe nine, seven guys that are fast, agile. You know, we're they're they're basically if Bryce Brown had a couple more inches inches on him, or Jared Harper had a several more inches on him. Think Auburn with some size, and that is the challenge that Auburn has at hand. Now, if Auburn goes out there and has a great start like they do and kind of punches North Carolina in the mouth, I don't think you're going to see a route by any means, but you're going to see an Auburn team that's going to be in a good position to get this game through to a win. Now, however, let's talk about this, Clint. And we've asked this question on previous episodes. Let's just be Debbie Downers for a second. Say Auburn wins, or excuse me, loses to North Carolina in the Sweet 16. You and I both said coming into this that the expectation was Sweet 16. Anything else would be a disappointment. Anything more would be a surprise. Do you still agree with that, or do you feel like there's a little bit left on the table if we don't get the win? I, I would, I would still see this season as successful as it stands right now. Of course, a win would be spectacular. But I'm, you know, I, I like to think of myself as realistic, and I've, I'm an Auburn fan. <laughs> I've been through this many, many times, as well as you and anybody else who pulls for the orange and blue. So I, I don't expect a win, but I'm hoping for the best. So I'm going to push you to it here, and I'm going to ask you to officially say here on the show, does Auburn beat North Carolina? I need your official prediction. No. <laughs> I just don't, I don't see it happening. And yeah. like, you know, I want to, I had a hard time picking North Carolina in the brackets over Auburn. Um, but, you know, I, I just don't see it. This isn't a lower tiered Kansas team 
this is a top tiered North Carolina team. Um, I don't think the moment will be too big for Auburn. I think that this team has earned the right to play for this game and to make it further into this tournament. But I just think that the talent, the experience, and just what North Carolina basketball is will be more than Auburn can handle. I think that it'll be a tight game. It'll be, you know, I, I think that it'll the final score will be within 10 points. Here's two things for us Auburn fans, and I would I would agree with you that I think that Auburn does not get the win. Just being trying to be realistic here, I'm hopeful for it, but just I don't think it's going to happen. But two things to give people hope: Auburn shown that they can come out and punch someone in the mouth and have nothing play with basically nothing to lose. If they come out and with that same attitude, I think you're going to see a possible shock of the basketball world in this tournament if they come out with playing with nothing to lose. The other thing you got to think about on the other bench is that North Carolina, who's kind of chomping at the bit here, seeing could, uh, their foe from across the state, Duke, struggle against UCF and almost see them fall. And, and you know, just thinking if we can just get to them in the championship game, this is going to be ours. And they're also playing a little... And they're playing for Roy Williams at this point, who's not had the best health. And I'm not saying he's leaving this, you know, this year or anything, but they're playing for him. So those two factors, playing with nothing to lose, and maybe North Carolina looking ahead just a little bit, might play in Auburn's favor. We'll find out in a matter of days. When the next time we come back to you, we'll either be discussing another big surprise or an end to Auburn's run in the NCAA tournament. My hope is that we continue doing episodes and talking about this a little bit longer in this season. Before we get out of here, Clint, let's give our contact information. They can find me on Twitter at TigerEye24. Where can they find you? You can follow me on Twitter at ClintAU24, and you can check out my website, the Auburn Uniform Database, at auburnuniforms.com. And that's all we have for this edition of Inside the Jungle. But until we talk to you again, War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?